Get ready for tomorrow's news today. You're listening to Speak Life with Marty Lee. Welcome to the Speak Life podcast. I'm your host, Marty Layton, and I'm glad you're here with us today. Uh, This is going to be a great time of information, but it's also going to be a time of impartation. And I want to encourage you that God is doing more in your life and in your family than you may be able to see at the moment. God is moving in the nations, and He's moving in your nation. He's doing things behind the scenes that bring His changes to pass. And listen, His church army is on the move, but I also believe his angelic armies are on the ground and on the advance. And in this new year, 2022, it's not just another uh, change on the calendar. No, I believe it's an appointed time for God's people to break through. I believe it's an appointed time for God's people to start receiving inheritance and reward and blessing and breaking through into a new season and into new levels. You know, it takes the working of our faith, and listen, I believe it takes listening to God's voice. God is unifying His church for this great fight of faith. We need to start coming back together. The Bible calls the devil the enemy of our souls, and God is releasing reformation and awakening right now. Reformation, if you break that down, it's a reformation to reform us more into the image of Christ Jesus. You know, and in this pandemic, I believe the devil, the enemy of our souls, is trying to reform the church into his image of a defeated church, a a church of division and separation and people being an island under themselves and no spiritual ambition to fight the good fight of faith. Uh, You know, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4 that we are to be fitly joined together, uh, every joint supplying. Some people, they're trying to find their supply in life. Let me just tell you, God wants you rightly aligned in the body of Christ. And when you're fitly joined together, every joint begins to supply and you'll find your supply. You know, one puts a thousand to flight, two puts 10,000 to flight and so on and so on. You know, as soldiers of the cross and God's warriors, God wants to reform us and, and, and to bring reformation in our lives so that we'll recognize, like Esther, that we have been raised up for such a time as this. This is not a day to back off, back down, slack off, and do whatever, but this is a time to come together and to be all that God's created us to be in this hour. Amen. And so I want to share a message of hope for you today, and uh, the title of this uh, podcast is understanding the prophetic. The Bible declares when God speaks a living prophetic word or a rhema, it will not return to him void of fulfillment, but it will accomplish what he sent it to accomplish and prosper the thing that he sent it to. And so the, the only lockdown God wants you to be a part of, I believe, is found in Zechariah 9 and verse 12. It says, return to the stronghold, you prisoner of hope. Even today, I declare that I will restore double to you. Listen, God wants you to be locked down in a stronghold of hope in Him. He wants you to be uh, in a place where He can bless you with double for all your trouble. Be immovable that God's prophetic promise to you will not return to Him void of fulfillment, but it will accomplish what He sent it to accomplish and prosper you. His prophetic promise for you is at work right now shifting and changing the heavens all around you into an atmosphere of fulfillment. Elijah said, after years of famine and drought, I hear the sound of abundance of rain. That was a prophetic declaration. And then he engaged in prayer and, and used his faith until the heavens shifted and the atmosphere of fulfillment came. You know, and after sending his servant to look six times uh, to see any kind of a sign of change, uh, on the seventh time, there was just a small beginning, the cloud the size of a man's hand. You know, I always tell people never dis- despise the times of small beginnings. The prophetic promise looked uh, little to start out with, but suddenly it grew into a massive storm of blessing for God's people. It may look challenging right now for you, but remain in a lockdown in a stronghold of hope. If God said it, 
Stay engaged in your faith. Stay connected to one another in, in, in the body of Christ. Stay engaged in prayer. You know, the heavens are shifting right now, and your prophetic promise is coming to pass. You know, so so why a, a message on understanding the prophetic? Uh, you know, because God wants you to have eyes to see and ears to hear. Proverbs 20 and verse 12, it says, the hearing ear and the seeing eye, the Lord has made them both. So God wants you to be able to hear uh, things in the Spirit. He wants you to be able to, to show you things so you can see things. God made you to, that way. He created you for that. Uh, in fact, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. In a stranger's voice, they're not going to listen to it. And so that's the prophetic anointing that every believer has access to. And in the last several months, you know, there's been so many people prophesying things that seem good and right, but it's not happening uh, the way it looked like it should happen. Well, number one, God is raising up new prophetic voices in the land. and uh, But because the prophetic is so important, we need to have a greater understanding of this powerful ministry. Uh, the Bible teaches us that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. That's in uh, Revelations. And so Jesus testifying in the midst of the church is the spirit of prophecy. You know, we don't see as much of that today, but, uh, you know, when I was coming up in church, uh, we used to have worship services and times of prayer, and uh, people would be uh, exalting the Lord, and uh, and then uh, Jesus would testify through a believer uh, and, and release a word of encouragement or exhortation, and, and uh, <clears throat> that word would just be something that would shift the whole atmosphere for that meeting. Listen, that's the spirit of prophecy, Jesus testifying in the midst of his brothers and sisters. And so then there's the gift of the Holy Spirit called the gift of prophecy. So that's first level is um, the spirit of prophecy. Then there's the gift of the Holy Spirit called the gift of prophecy. And when you're baptized with the Holy Spirit, you know, you begin to speak in tongues. That's one of the nine manifestations of the Holy Spirit, or we call them the gifts of the Spirit. So you have tongues, and you have interpretation of tongues. And then the Bible says, then prophecy. Uh, in fact, in uh, Acts uh, chapter 19, Apostle Paul laid his hands on the believers there in Ephesus, and the Bible says they spoke in tongues and prophesied all at once. And so that's the gift of the Holy Spirit. That is the manifestation of the Holy Spirit called the gift of prophecy. And so Apostle Paul uh, defines it even further in uh, verse 3 of 1 Corinthians 14. He says, he who prophesies speaks edification, exhortation, and comfort to men. So the gift of prophecy, it is for edification and exhortation and comfort. Not judgment, not correction, <clears throat> not uh, uh, give you uh, direction to sow money to me and that sort of thing. Not anything else like that. It's for edification, exhortation, and comfort. Uh, you know, then there's the office of the prophet, which is part of the fivefold mantle of Jesus Christ. He is the great apostle. He is the great prophet. He is the great evangelist. He is the pastor. He is the teacher, right? That's Jesus's anointing, all five of those. He is the apostle, which means the sent one. He's sent from God. He is the prophet. He is uh, uh, the one who releases the word of the Lord. He is the word that he releases. He is the word of the Lord. Uh, he is the great evangelist that came to seek and save that which was lost, and he is the pastor. He is the shepherd of our souls, and he is the great teacher. Amen. So that's the uh, that's the mantle of Jesus. In Ephesians four, it says he gave these uh, gifts: these uh, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, the teacher. What's called the fivefold ministry. He gave these as gifts to men. Uh, and then it goes on to say why he gave them, for the equipping of the saints, like understanding how to use your spiritual equipment, your spiritual weapons of war, the equipping of the saints. <clears throat> why? For the work of the ministry. Let me tell you, there's so much work to be done. 
especially coming up in the Great Reformation, the Great Awakening, the Great Revival, this great harvest time. Uh, There's so much work to be done. And then it says, for the building up or the edifying of the body of Christ. So prophets have a higher level of anointing. anointing. There's an office there called the office of the prophet. And uh, they have a mantle uh, to speak to nations, to speak to governments, to speak to kings and heads of states, and to declare the heavens to close or the heavens to open at the will of God. Uh, Not to speak their own words, but to speak the word of the Lord, Uh, speaking words of life. Uh, that cause the atmosphere and the elements of weather to shift and change. Uh, prophets speak with a level of authority that demolishes strongholds and calls uh, cause uh, false prophets to be silenced. You know, uh, prophet Elisha, he spoke to a sunken iron axe head that fell off the, the axe handle. Uh, he, he prophesied and spoke with authority to that axe head, and it defied the natural laws, and it floated to the surface. After sinking to the bottom of the, of the river, it floated to the surface, and the Bible actually says it swam over to the one who lost it. That's authority and power. You know, prophets can speak with the authority of the Lord and cause natural laws to be suspended. You know, prophet Joshua, he uh, prophesied to the sun, told it to stand still for almost 48 hours uh, uh, after he said that the universe just stood still until the people of God fully defeated their enemies. So prophets are at a higher level of ministry, uh, but they're part of the foundation of the church along with apostles, Ephesians 2.20 says that. And so the Bible says, touch not my anointed, do my prophets no harm. And so we're not critiquing or judging prophets. Uh, The Bible says when you touch God's prophets, you touch the apple of God's eye. I'm called and anointed uh, as a prophet to the body of Christ and a prophet to the nations. And so I'm not Uh, being critical. I'm just saying that we have to recognize different levels of the prophetic. You know, I believe in this hour, God is highlighting and maturing his prophets. And so there's the spirit of prophecy, there's the gift of prophecy, and then there's the office of the prophet. And all prophecy, uh, whether a rhema living spoken word prophecy, all prophecy needs to be aligned with the logos word, the written word of God. And so God's word from his true prophets is a word of his power. uh, And it is creating as it is being spoken. We have to understand the prophetic. It is creating as a prophet prophesies. And so just as it was in the beginning of creation, uh, the word of the Lord shifted uh, everything. And, And it shifted everything from chaos to divine order. And uh, God spoke at the beginning. He said, let there be light. And what happened? Light began to move at 186,000 miles per per second, and darkness began to flee faster than the speed of light. And so, the word light uh, in the Hebrew, it, it, it also has a definition of the word illumination or revelation. And so, Scripture declares the entrance of His Word brings light, or His Word is light. And so, when prophets prophesy, they're releasing revelation or revealed truth from God, but it is light that drives back the forces of darkness and allows things to come in right order and alignment, and then at the same time, create, uh, create what God is saying. And so, if I were the devil... I would try to stop the office of the prophet and the prophetic generation from emerging, Uh, even create a false prophetic to do the opposite, to create hopelessness and dread, uh, blanketing people with fear and the power of darkness instead of light. Uh, And this is the hour, I believe, of the prophets and the prophetic generation. It is such a a moment in history for us to recognize, uh, just like John the Baptist was the greatest sign of the first coming of Jesus. 
uh, the greatest sign of Jesus coming back soon is the emergence of this prophetic generation uh, making way for the second coming of the Lord, making his path straight and beginning to uh, uh, prepare a people for the second coming of the Lord. You know, the Bible says in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, <clears throat> verse 9, it says, But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor has it entered in the hearts of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God, verse 10 goes, you have to read verse 10 after that as well. But God has revealed them to, to us through his spirit, for the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. In other words, God is a speaking God, and by his Holy Spirit, he's revealing mysteries that we've not yet understood, uh, things that we could not ever imagine or, or, or comprehend. Uh, he's going to begin to reveal these things by his Holy Spirit uh, to the church, right? Uh, but then couple that with Amos chapter 3 and verse 7. It says, surely the Lord God does nothing. The word nothing in the Hebrew there is nothing. <laughs> surely the Lord God does nothing unless he reveals his secrets to his servants, the prophets. So there's a revealing by the Holy Spirit to the believers and then there's a higher level of God's secrets being released by his uh, servants, his prophets. And so, again, just because something sounds spectacular, it doesn't always mean it's a prophetic word from the Lord. Uh, the Bible is the standard by which every prophetic word should be judged, right? Apostle Paul wrote uh, to the Corinthian church uh, earlier in that chapter, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of man, but the power of God. It says his speech was not with the enticing words of man's wisdom. You know, sometimes people can say things that sound so spectacular and call it prophetic, but really it, it, it can be someone's uh, own manufacturing. You know, uh, it, it, what, what I believe happens is sometimes People get a prophetic unction to function, and uh, and they don't just give what God gave them. Uh, they add to it a little bit. They manufacture a little bit more, and they try to make it more spectacular. You know, um, I was raised up under Bishop Bill Hammond, and uh, he's known as the grandfather of the modern-day prophetic, and he's a powerful man of God. He's my father in the Lord and very powerful uh, prophet of God and and very wise in his approach to ministry. <clears throat> but he would say, just prophesy what God said. Don't add to it. Don't take away from it. Just say what God said. You know, because all the propping up of other things doesn't make that the word of the Lord if it's not the word of the Lord. But if it is the word of the Lord, it doesn't need all that other stuff. And so we don't need the enticing words of man's wisdom uh, but we need the demonstration of his power, right? First uh, Thessalonians 5, in verse 20 and 21, it says, despise not prophesyings. <clears throat> that word despise doesn't really mean like to, to uh, reject it. It just means to count it as a lesser thing than God does. So despise not prophesyings. Don't, don't discount prophecy. Don't discount it because... Uh, maybe you've had some bad experiences with it. Maybe there's um, uh, somebody prophesied something over you that didn't come to pass, and it had you uh, emotionally uh, upset. You know, it says despise not prophesyings, but then verse twenty one, you've got to have that part in there. Prove all things and hold fast to that which is good. In other words, in Paul's day, apparently, there were some that were saying things that were not God's prophetic words, uh, and some were not believing in prophecy because of that. And it sounds familiar to me today. There's a lot of things uh, being floated out there as the prophetic, and, uh, <clears throat> you know, not everything is uh, the word of the Lord. Sometimes it is people uh, attaching spectacular embellishments uh, to try to make it sound better, and, you know, and oftentimes that's what brings a uh, a, a viral 
uh, moment to the to those words. So Apostle Paul was saying in his day things like that were happening, and so because of that, some people were not believing in the prophetic. And listen, I celebrate the emerging prophetic movement. Uh, but there are biblical standards of balance that have to be used uh, to prove all things so that we can hold fast to the true prophetic words. Amen? Uh, Our prophetic preaching must be sound in doctrine, uh, and our prophesyings must be accurate and bring anointed results. Well, Brother Marty, some people prophesied that, that this or that would happen or especially about this past election. Uh, Well, you have to stand by your prophetic words and wait on the timing of the Lord, because God can adjust timing. Uh, You know, I'm not discounting anything at this point. You know, just, I'm not going to despise it. I'm not going to discount it. Uh, But I'm I'm, going to balance it out, and I'm going to wait and see what God's going to do. Just because timing changes uh, doesn't mean it's not the word of the Lord. You know, there's plenty of uh, example in the body in, in the Bible about uh, God changing the timing uh, on on various prophetic words. He he prophesied to uh, uh, he had uh, uh, Jonah prophesied to Nineveh uh, that in forty days uh, their time was up. Uh, well, that prophecy didn't come to pass uh, in 40 days. They repented, and so God adjusted his timing. And so God works with man and the will of man uh, to begin to adjust timing on prophetic words. That doesn't mean he was a false prophet. No, he's giving an accurate word, but God just made an adjustment in there. And let me tell you, uh, with the this past election, it's not over. Uh, God is still at work, and we are in a spiritual war right now. And uh, in this spiritual war, it is not over. Uh, The Bible says, you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. So hang on to the truth uh, of what you know of God. Don't let your understanding of the uh, character and the Spirit of God and, and the Word of God, don't let that change because somebody gave a prophetic word that didn't come to pass. Amen? Now, that's a word. Uh, everything God does, He does with a purpose in mind, even when it looks like it went different from the prophetic word. Sometimes we have some things figured out, and it comes to pass much differently from what we originally thought in our preconceived ideas. Let me say it this way. In fact, it always comes to pass differently than what we thought it would, uh, because God expands our understanding with a higher truth. He can expand our understanding with a higher truth. That's This is how you understand the prophetic. Uh, God uses, He gets the most mileage out of every moment to teach His, his church truth uh, so that we can know the truth and the truth will make us free. For example, uh, Jesus said the sickness Lazarus was suffering from would not end in death, and then Lazarus died. <laughs> But Jesus entered the scene uh, seemingly too late. Uh, you know, they, there was a Jewish tradition that the Spirit hovered over the body uh, three days, and Jesus showed up on the fourth day. And so all these preconceived ideas uh, were in the air, and Jesus just broke through all of that. And uh, Lazarus died. He didn't. He said it would not end in death. Uh, but then he dies. And so he comes four days later, and he begins to expand their understanding of the truth. And he says, I am the resurrection and the life. In other words, I'm the one in charge here. How many of you need to understand uh, afresh and anew that God is still sovereign? Uh, Even though prophets can prophesy one thing, God can still, just like Jonah, just like the situation with Lazarus, he can adjust timing to work with his people to mature the understanding of the prophetic in the world. Amen. Despise not prophesying, but prove all things. And so he says, I'm the resurrection and the life. Lazarus, come forth. And even though it was too late, uh, you know, everybody's saying he stinketh and the grave clothes are on him. You know what? He came forth. And let me just say, I believe we're going to hear a similar word, just like Lazarus come forth. And things are not over the way everybody's trying to package it as over. So don't give up on the prophetic. 
I believe God's doing something. He's up to something, as our dear friend Apostle Jane Hammond would say. God is up to something. Amen. And even though some are saying it's too late, this whole thing stinks. There's there's so much uh, wrapped up in grave clothes right now. Let me just tell you, Jesus is still more powerful than all of that. Amen. Well, you know, Apostle Paul, he wrote everything we know about New Testament prophets. So apostles have great revelation too. You know, uh, they they are just as revelatory as prophets. They just operate and function a little bit different. Uh, but the prophets in the New Testament are different from Old Testament prophets, but they are very similar. And so there are some things that are the same, but some things that are different. Uh, and we have to apply God's wisdom. You know, the Bible says, uh, wisdom is the principal thing, and all you're getting, get wisdom and get knowledge. And so it doesn't matter what the prophetic word says. Uh, you know, I've had so many people come up and say, well, the prophetic word said this, and they said that, listen, wisdom is the principal thing. Do what is the wise thing first. Keep operating in wisdom. It's the principal thing. Give God time uh, to work through a prophetic word. He may have a way that he's adjusting some things to get the most mileage out of it. In fact, uh, sometimes we think the prophetic word is wrong, and we reject it, and we say, uh, uh, you know, I don't know how this thing could ever come to pass. And then when it comes to pass, after you stop all your striving with it, when it comes to pass, it comes to pass exactly like God said it would, uh, but different from what we figured it out, if, if that makes any sense to you. And so, always apply wisdom. Wisdom is the principal thing. Do the wise thing first. Amen? So, uh, in Ephesians uh, chapter 1, Apostle Paul wrote that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, that He would give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. So prophetic insight, prophetic wisdom, prophetic revelation, giving into in, in prophetic words, it always lines up with the Word of God, Jesus Christ, and it should draw you closer to the Lord. Amen? If you're finding yourself frustrated and angry about a prophetic word, uh, then you need to take a step back and draw closer to the Lord. That's wisdom. Amen? And so, uh, the Word of the Lord will always line up with the Word of God. He and His Word are one. The Spirit and the Word agree. And no matter how spectacular a prophetic word sounds, if it doesn't line up with Scripture, then it is not the Word of Jesus, the Word made flesh. Amen? Now, the interpretation may be one thing one day, and you see it differently as it comes to pass, but the spirit of wisdom and revelation all f flow from the knowledge of Him. And so that's why it says, despise not prophesyings, but test and prove all things, and hold fast to what is good. Hold fast to what is good. There is a time of testing and a time of proving. I think it's uh, uh, Psalm uh, 102. It says, the word of the Lord uh, tried and tested and proved uh, Joseph while he was in prison and, until the the uh, the stocks that he was in became part. He became he had the iron of that those stocks in his bones, you know, and so it, he had he went through such a long proving testing process. But the word of the Lord came to pass. Amen. So we we allow God time to test and prove all things, and then we hold fast to what is good. God is good. Amen. His word is good. First uh, Timothy chapter one and verse seventeen. Uh, it says, "Now unto the King, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever." Amen. Now, I mean, that's where you have to start. You have to start with magnifying the Lord. Don't get so caught up in the prophetic, in the word of the Lord, or the word of someone prophesying the word of the Lord to you, or maybe uh, making it sound spectacular, or, or, or those kind of things, <clears throat> and, and let it draw your attention to the person. Uh, 
Now unto the King, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be all honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. And that's how Apostle Paul's teaching his spiritual son, Timothy. And then he says, This charge I commit unto you, my son, Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on thee, that by them you might war a good warfare. He doesn't say fight a quick battle. He says war a good warfare. There is a length of time uh, that he's speaking about here. So there's there's an unfolding of the prophetic that happens. Every prophetic word uh, we want it to come to pass immediately. We want it to like uh, just fall into our laps and we have, don't have to do anything. Uh, but the Bible says that we need to wage a good warfare, war a good warfare with these prophecies. We need to stand in the face of opposition to this thing and and believe that what God said is going to come to pass uh, greater than what the situation says. We walk by faith and not by sight, right? And so, this charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies, according to what God has already said to you. Uh, When you think about it, uh, what did uh, Joshua go to war with? He went to war with the word of the Lord. God said, this is what I'm going to do. I'm giving you this, this nation. I want you to go out, and I want you to declare war. I want you to wage war with what I've already said. And and listen, God said it to Moses. Uh, Joshua was halfway up the mountain, but but God said it to Moses. And Moses put the charge on Joshua. And Joshua got uh, face-to-face with Jesus. And Jesus said, listen, I'm the captain of the hosts. I'm the Lord of hosts here. And I'll fight this with you. And gives him instructions. And you know the story. Joshua uh, takes his shoes off, and he begins to bow to the ground and, and worship Jesus. And and, uh, and Jesus received the worship. That's how we know it was Jesus and not an angel, uh, because he actually received uh, the worship. You know, in uh, Revelations 19, uh, John the Beloved went to bow down and worship the angel uh, because he didn't know if it was Jesus or not. And that's when the Jesus, that's when the angel said, see that you do it not. I am of your brother's uh, the angels and uh, the spirit of uh, uh, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy, and so uh, an angel would tell you, "Do not worship me, worship Jesus." Uh, but outside of the camp, Joshua bowed down and began to worship uh, what the Bible calls the angel of the Lord. But it was actually pre-incarnate Jesus because he received the worship, and just like Moses. Uh, Jesus told him, take your shoes off. The place that you're standing is holy ground. You know, there's a whole uh, teaching there that I won't get into, but when you when you take your shoes off, that's why Jesus washed the feet of the disciples. It was, it was the release of a fresh new covenant, uh, a new covenant release, a, a, a new grace. And so, <clears throat> that's why Moses took his shoes off. It was a, re- a covenant release happening. It was uh, you'll see where um, uh, uh, Ruth uh, took her shoes off for Boaz, and uh, you'll see where uh, Jesus took the shoes of the disciples off. It was a, re- a covenant release. It was a breaking through into a new level. And so that's what's happening right now. God is bringing us to higher ground, to holy ground. And, and so Joshua took those prophetic words and he began to go to war and possess the promised land. And so back to First uh, Timothy chapter 1, he says, This charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on thee. It see, it's the, there's, there's nothing new under the sun. It's the same process. Uh, we take the word of the Lord and we believe it in our heart and we believe what God said is right, and we apply wisdom, uh, we pray, we seek the Lord. We don't make that the substitute for our relationship with Jesus, but we allow that to enhance our relationship with the Lord. Listen, I love to spend time in the presence of God. I love the presence. It's the hardest thing sometimes to get your flesh to do is to submit to speaking in tongues and in in worship and taking time and praying through things with the Lord, and then quietly listening for that still, small voice 
You remember Elijah on the mountain. He wanted to hear God speak to him, and he and God wasn't in the earthquake, and he wasn't in the in the fire, and he wasn't in the uh, uh, the storm. He wasn't in any of that. But then the still small voice, and you know, sometimes we we want that spectacular to be there for the prophetic to be um, more real to us. You know, we are looking for the spectacular. Uh, but God's uh, true prophetic, most of the time, listen, most of the time, is that still small voice. And we get into that place of commitment and covenant and prayer and and worship, and we listen for the still small voice. And that's when God speaks the most profound things. And so he said, this son, this charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went on before on you, uh, that by them you might war a good warfare. There is a time of war, uh, and that's where we are today. We're in a time of spiritual warfare, and this is not time to throw away the prophetic. This is not time to despise the prophetic, but let's prove it out, and let's test all things, and let's hold fast to that which is good. Uh, let's let's gain understanding. Let's use the wisdom of God uh, that's in front of us in the Word of God. Let's begin to uh, uh, believe God. Hold on to the nuggets that are that are true, that are that are real. Uh, you know, when the the uh, when Moses sent the the twelve spies in, there were uh, ten that came back with an evil report and two that came back with the report of the Lord. And, you know, oftentimes that's how it is. Uh, you've got uh, those that are, seem to have the loudest voice that just stand up and say, don't listen to the good report. Listen to me. I'm trying to tell you what is what is logical here. I'm trying to tell you what makes sense here. Listen, I'm not going to rely on man's wisdom. We need to get to the place as a prophetic generation where we listen to the wisdom of the Lord over the wisdom of, of man, where we listen to the Spirit of the Lord uh, instead of the logic of man. And I know that may sound uh, uh, difficult to hear, but wisdom is the principal thing. Uh, that's how the prophetic works. Uh, and so it says, this charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went on before on the, that by them you might war a good warfare. That's what God wanted the children of Israel to do under Moses' command. Don't listen to the natural, uh, 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 contrary things uh, that are saying God's not going to be faithful. It ain't going to go the way of the Lord. Uh, it's not going to go the way God said it's going to go. Let's just uh, let's just get back out there. Let's do the safe thing. And uh, you know, oftentimes that's what people do with the prophetic. They just go the safe route. When God wants you to engage your faith, draw near to Him. Uh, uh, Joshua and Caleb they said, "Listen, look at these grapes. So the size of a man's head. We didn't just taste and see that the Lord is good." We brought fruit from the future that's right in front of us for you to taste, for you to, to enjoy, and for you to see that what God is saying is more real than what they're saying. In fact, Caleb stood up and said, everybody be quiet. You know, I, I take that a little bit deeper. We've got to get to that quiet place with the Lord uh, where we shut down the voice of all the external that can be so demanding. Apostle Paul said there's so many voices crying out for your attention, but you need to listen to God. And so uh, that kept them out of the promised land. But when Joshua had his moment, when his time came, listen, he didn't hesitate. He ran into that promised land. He was ready to do everything by the whatever God said. March around these walls seven days, seven times for seven days, and on the seventh day, we're going on the seventh time. On the seventh day, we're going to lift up that shout and trumpet blast and all those things, and the walls are going to come crumbling down. God's going to fight for us. Listen, as crazy as that sounds, all that was was him listening to the prophetic anointing, and that's where they were. Moses prophesied it, and then God spoke it directly to to Joshua. Listen, today uh, we have the Word of God as an anchor. Uh, it is the anchor of our hope. It is the anchor of truth. It is the uh, it is the guidelines by which everything needs to flow. 
you know, the river of life. Uh, it, it has uh, riverbanks, and those riverbanks have to be in place so that there can be current, so that there can be a force to that river, so that there can be a flow to that river, so that life can be uh, uh, birthed in that river. Uh, you know, that's the, it has to have boundaries. It has to have riverbanks. Otherwise, you just have a spill and it is, it only produces uh, marshland. It produces swampland. It produces uh, stuff where all kinds of swamp creatures can grow and bad things can happen. But we don't want that. We want the balance. We want the order. Uh, you know, Apostle Paul wrote to the, in 1 Corinthians 14, let all things be done decently and in order. And so, uh, you know, oftentimes people are on one side or the other of that. They want all things to be done, and then the other side just wants decency and order. But let me tell you, there is a balance to the prophetic where you can let all things be done with decency and order. And so, again, this charge I commit unto you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on you. Don't discard the prophetic. Hang on to what God has said, but by them you might war a good warfare. That's that's a length of time. That's not just one uh, skirmish. That's not just one quick little battle. No, it's a war, and we're warring a good warfare right now as a people of God in the earth, as the remnant, as the warriors of God. You know, we've got to fight the good fight of faith. And then verse 19, it says, holding faith, holding faith. That's holding on to the Word of God, holding on to what God said in accordance to His Word, holding faith, uh, not letting go of the faith. You know, oftentimes when things don't go the way we think they should go because we heard a prophetic word, uh, we want to give up on the faith. No, keep the faith. That's what keeping the faith is all about. Hold the faith. Keep the faith. Uh, don't give up just because it didn't go the way you thought it should go. Just because something didn't come to pass the way that you thought it should come to pass. You know, oftentimes our carnal reasoning will align a prophecy and say, this is what God said to me, and this is how it's going to come to pass. And then when it doesn't come to pass, which I can pretty much guarantee you 90% of the time, that's how it's going to happen. It's not going to be the way you figured it out. Uh, but we have to hold faith. Hold faith. And then the next part of that sentence is, and a good conscience. You're not crazy uh, for believing God. It, you can have a good conscience about this. Some people are like, well, you know, uh, these words didn't come to pass, and so false prophet, false prophecy, uh, you blew it, let's take them out and stone them. We don't stone people today, but you know, we can spiritually blackball them. We can say, listen, don't pay attention to their ministry. Don't give any uh, credence to what they have to say. Let me tell you, I, it, there's, there's either the immature prophetic, uh, the true and, and mature prophetic, or the false prophetic. It's one of those three. And um, false prophetic is, is, uh, comes from the mouths of false prophets. They're trying to lead you in a wrong direction and, and use the same principles, uh, but it's false. Uh, then there is the immature. People have a right to grow. People have a right to learn. They have a right to make mistakes. And we shouldn't blackball people because they make mistakes. You know, I love the way Bishop Hammond for years has taught uh, hundreds of thousands of people in the prophetic. But he, one of the examples he uses is uh, setting up your child to learn to walk. You know, when, when my daughter uh, was learning to walk, uh, she took one or two steps and then fell. Uh, I didn't pick her up and then condemn her because she took uh, one and a half steps and fell. No, I celebrated that she took those steps. I didn't even think about the fall. And, you know, that's the way God uh, looks at the moving in prophetic anointing or anything in the Spirit. You don't know yet. You're learning. And, you know, even though sometimes people get put on a platform, even a, a larger expression, a, a larger platform, um, and they don't understand uh, everything. They get out there. They do their best. You know, let's not let's not stone them. That's not the right response. I can give you example after example in in the New Testament uh, where prophets made mistakes and said wrong things. 
and uh, and they weren't stoned and they weren't uh, kicked out or blackballed. Uh, no, there was. You give grace and space for people to grow and to mature. You know, in fact, God God Himself spoke to Moses uh, from the burning bush and said, Moses. You're going to lead my people into the promised land. And as you know, Moses did not lead God's people into the promised land. And so, does that make God a false prophet? No, of course not. God is flexible uh, uh, with, with this, and we need to learn to be flexible too. And so, it says, holding faith and a good conscience. Uh, you know, you don't know how this prophetic word is going to come to pass, but hang on. It ain't over yet, right? Which some have put away concerning the faith making shipwreck. Now listen to this in context. He says, this charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecy. So that's the context of what we're saying, which went before on thee that by them you might war a good warfare. So there's a there's some length of battle to this. Holding faith, keep the faith. And a good conscience, you're not crazy for hanging in there and believing the right things. You've got a good conscience before God, which some have put away. Some put away the prophetic. They despised it. They let it go. They didn't believe God. They didn't continue in the warfare. And it says, some have put away concerning the faith and have made shipwreck. Let me tell you, there's a lot of people that they're going to learn a lesson. And they're going to see some things happen that, and, and look back and say, you know what, I probably should have uh, been a, a little kinder. You know, I'm, I'm reaping what I sowed against prophets, and uh, I probably should have not done that. You know, uh, and so, and then he goes on to make a list. You know, let me just touch on this. Uh, this is my podcast, and so I can do that. Uh, it says, he goes on to say, of whom is Hermanius and Alexander? whom I have delivered unto Satan, that they may learn not to blaspheme. So apparently, when you uh, are critical of the prophetic, the Bible calls that blasphemy. And so, of whom is Hermanius and Alexander, whom I have delivered unto Satan, that they may learn not to blaspheme. It's powerful. You know, uh, there are some people out there that are saying, I'm making a list of these prophets who prophesied something and it didn't come to pass. I'm making a list. Well, let me tell you, God's making a list. And you don't need to be uh, a sheriff out there writing uh, church tickets to people who make mistakes or are learning and maturing and growing. Maybe maybe there is some false in there. I don't, uh, you know, I'm not going to judge. That's not me to, not mine uh, to say this person is false. No, it's not mine to do that right now. Uh, but listen, we need to be gracious with each other. We need to use wisdom, apply the grace of God. You know, we're moving into something new, and so there's going to be extreme, extremes, you know, extremities uh, to all the, the flow of the river. There's going to be this bank, there's going to be that bank, but then there's the flow down the middle, the balance that we need to come to. And so let's not get into throwing rocks at each other, you know. Uh, but I want to give you hope today uh, that God is still working all things together for good, for His purposes and your good. And He's not done uh, with all this. In fact, we're just beginning uh, on a new adventure of faith with, with the Lord, and it's going to expand. The prophetic is going to expand. Uh, people are going to become more fine-tuned uh, with what God is saying Amen. God created you to hear His voice and receive His words of life. And God is fine-tuning the prophetic and striking a balance right now. Uh, But know this, God is raising up prophets and a prophetic generation that will know their God, be strong, and do great exploits. And let me be very clear, you are part of this generation. Amen. So I want to thank you today uh, for tuning in to Speak Life. Remember that Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Father. That proceeding word, that's the prophetic anointing. Proceeding word, it proceeds from the mouth of the Father. You can't just live by what's already prepared and baked.
That's bread. Uh, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds. See, God wants, he's engaging you uh, to draw near to him and hear the proceeding word from the mouth of the Father. And that is the prophetic anointing. What is thus saith the Lord to you? Take time to listen for that still, small voice of the Lord speaking to you. Amen. 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 Speak life. This podcast has great sponsors, and I want to thank uh, MyPillow and Mike Lindell for sponsoring Speak Life. It's very amazing, and uh, I'm so grateful for Mike Lindell and MyPillow for sponsoring this broadcast. And I have to tell you, uh, the MyPillow products are amazing, Uh, the entire product line. It all started for me with the original MyPillow. You know, I bought it because I I, I was not sleeping well. And, uh, and, and, you know, I had heard those commercials over and over for the best night's sleep in the whole wide world. Visit MyPillow.com. And, uh, you know, I thought, why not? I've tried everything else. And so I bought mine. And let me just tell you the truth. And I'm speaking the truth to you right now. I have not had a bad night's sleep since. I was so impressed with it. I went on to buy more of their products. I bought the Giza Dream Sheets. I bought the incredible MyPillow towels. I bought more products. I'm also enjoying the MyPillow slippers right now. And really, they are the most comfortable slippers I've ever owned. So, you know, if you want to support the Speak Life podcast, if you want to hear more of this uh, and you want to get the best night's sleep of your life, visit MyPillow.com. And listen, use the promo code MARTY. That's my first name, MARTY. Uh, and, and you'll get the deepest discount available. Or if you prefer just using the phone, uh, you can call 800-859-2938. That's 800-859-2938. And mention my name, Marty, for the deepest discounts available. Remember, that's promo code Marty, and enjoy the benefits of a great night's sleep every night, just like I do. And I want to encourage you, every product they have is excellent, excellent, excellent. Again, thank you for listening to Speak Life. Join us next week uh, for more great ministry and conversations with insights from some of today's cutting-edge leaders. You know, I'm a privilege to call these people my friends and my fellow warriors, I'm very excited to share all of this with you. We're going to have some great uh, uh, guests come on and have some great conversations about the prophetic and about what God is saying in the world today and how we look at the negative things and we don't we don't speak negative, we speak life. Amen? Amen. I'm very excited to share all of this with you. Uh, please take a second to subscribe to the Speak Life podcast. And if you enjoyed this, and we're blessed by this ministry, please leave us a five-star rating and follow me on social media. Uh, and you can follow me there at, at Marty Layton. That's the at symbol, M-A-R-T-Y-L-A-Y-T-O-N, at Marty Layton. And uh, let me also say this. You can also watch the live broadcast uh, uh, every Friday at 7 p.m. Central Time on Facebook, on YouTube, and on Rumble. And uh, so tune in if you can. It's on uh, Facebook, YouTube, and Rumble. And again, it's at Marty Layton. And uh, I want to thank you for telling others and helping us to reach more people with this powerful prophetic ministry that God has released through, through our lives. So God bless you, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Speak Life with Marty Layton. Please help us spread hope and share this podcast with a friend. Join us again as we speak life into our world.